Hello and welcome to the Beyond Your Research Degree podcast by the University of Exeter Doctoral College. Welcome to episode one. I'm Kelly Priest, Research Development Manager in the Doctoral College at the University of Exeter and I'll be your host today. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleagues Morgan and Cameron, who both also work in professional services at the University of Exeter. Morgan and Cameron are going to talk to us today about their transition from being researchers to working behind the scenes in higher education and particularly in research support and how they bring their skills and experience as a researcher into their current roles. So good afternoon everyone. So my name is Morgan and I'm a research development manager in the EU international team. So my role sits within research services. And I thought today what I would do is to give you a little bit of information about my academic background and then uh, the professional route or routes that I've taken since completing my PhD in January 2016. Um, I've learned a few things along the way, so I'm hoping that some of the things will be helpful to you. So I first came to the University of Exeter as an Erasmus student for the third year of my undergraduate degree, which means that I was only meant to be in the country for a year. It's now been 11 years, so something went dramatically wrong. Um, So what happened is I did enjoy my Erasmus year, and I really enjoyed the research environment that the University of Exeter could offer. Coming from a French higher education institution, this is quite different, starting with the facilities and the resources that we have here. So say, for example, library access 24-7 and the huge amount of online resources that you have is not something that in French higher education institutions we wouldn't necessarily be able to access. So after my Erasmus year, I decided to stay and I did a part-time master's in Middle East politics. And I did it part-time because at the time my English may have been reasonably good, but I find it really difficult to conceptualize in English. So I find essay writing in a secondary language quite a challenge Uh, and I also wanted to spend as much time as possible in the Middle East uh, because that was my areas of field work and then I stayed again for a PhD this time which I also completed uh, part-time and I completed part-time because I combined my PhD studies with a lot of professional opportunities along the way so I got involved with a lot of teaching in both the politics department and the Institute of Arab and Islamic Studies. I worked in consultancy Uh, And that was through opportunities with academics that I connected with, which was really good first-hand experience in a world outside academia, but still informing policymakers directly. Uh, And I worked in welfare support roles. So I worked a lot with undergraduate students living in halls of residence. So as I said, altogether, completing a PhD part-time and it took me about six years, finally defended and completed in January 2016. And so I had a slide prepared, which was about my existential crisis throughout my PhD, with questions such as, why? Why am I doing a PhD? Am I ever going to complete the beast? And also a little bit of the imposter syndrome, of what do I actually know? And the thing about me is I went to my Viva with a little bit of that imposter syndrome as well. So on the one hand, I was quite confident that I knew quite a bit about my topic. I had researched Iranian nuclear policy during the Ahmadinejad presidency for six years. I lived in the Kurdistan region of Iraq. I interviewed Iranian officials extensively outside Iran. But yet I didn't have that voice of authority or that feeling that I could actually speak and represent the Iranian regime very well as well. 
So that was one thing that um, I had to uh, juggle with throughout my PhD. And then the question was, well, what am I going to do now that I've completed? Do I want to stay in academia? And deep down, I knew I didn't want to stay in academia, but that didn't really tell me of what actually could I do. And also, would I be a little bit of a failure if I didn't stay in academia or didn't try to stay in academia? And at the time, I think I never really reflected on my range of transferable skills. So I really hadn't reflected on what it is that I could actually offer to employers and what it is that I actually enjoy doing as well. So there was an existential crisis of questions throughout the PhD and then post-PhD. So I then went into my first role at the University of Exeter more out of curiosity. So I was a program administrator for two professional doctorate programs in clinical psychology. So I sat within the doctoral college. And so this is completely different from my area of work because I left Middle East politics, I left academia. I went for a role that was probably on a much lower pay scale and spine point that I could have hoped for having completed my PhD. But I really went into it out of curiosity. Why not? I'm drawn to professional doctorate programs. It's a different route from what I've done. I would be working with the NHS. I would be interested in this. And I really enjoyed that role, stayed there for two years. And I think this is when I regained self-confidence. And I started to become a lot more aware of my transferable skills. So things that I could handle that maybe some of my counterparts found it a bit more difficult. I had a huge workload capacity compared to others. Uh, I was able to engage really well with academics. I had an understanding of the PGR environment because I had just completed my thesis. I was able to organize and project manage a wide range of targets and projects and so forth. So I stayed in this role for two years. And then I decided it is time for a change. I'm still going to be staying at the University of Exeter. And I moved sideways. And I did that unusual thing where I went from one interview after the other. And at the end of them, completely decided to combine three part-time roles amounting to one FT. So I had 1.6 roles, 60% FT in the doctoral college, where I was the PA to the dean and the associate dean of the doctoral college. I also worked for the quality development team. So that was a 60% FT role, but actually with dual types of responsibilities. And then I had two 20% FT role on very large scale research projects. So one was an EU grant and the other one was a welcome trust. So I work really closely with two senior academics and their project teams. And that was fun. But it's really unusual for someone, I think, at the University of Exeter to combine a variety of roles not less three, amounting to FT. And that's something that I think served me well because that was noticed at the interview stage. And to this day, that is something that I sell as evidence of my capacity to work in a variety of structures and team and services and systems. But at that point, I thought I need to wake up because this is actually not necessarily challenging enough. So it is time now to start moving sideways and try to move up a little bit more. And so that's what I've done, and this is how I ended up in my third role at the university, we could say, where I was an impact and partnership development officer in the degree apprenticeship team in IIB. So IIB stands for Innovation 
impact in business, and that's the commercial team of the University of Exeter. So what was great there is, again, I learned new skills. So commercial engagement for me was really new. I had never been the relationship manager for an external company. I was, this time around, the sole point of contact for engineering companies at the University of Exeter. So again, really far away from my field of study in Middle East politics. Um, but there I discovered that is really not for me because I'm not in a university because of my interest in commercial engagement. Actually, I like working in a university because of the research focus. So after six months, I left that role only and I went for another higher grade role, which I got. And this is how I am currently a research development manager. So over seven months, I managed to move twice and two grades up. And I think now I'm probably operating at the right level, uh, which is quite nice. It will be another few years before I can aspire to a higher grade role. So what is great about research development manager role, and a lot of us are PhD holders in research services, so a lot of us have left academia. It's an area of work that seems to be attracting a lot of people with PhDs, is that I provide I work one-to-one -one with very senior academics, but also more junior academics, and I support them with their research grant proposals. And once they secure an EU grant or an international grant, I provide them with post-award support. So I discuss their research project ideas with them. I advise them on ideals, few, um, uh, ideal uh, funding opportunities for them. I develop their budget. I do all the legal work that is involved, negotiating with the EU European Commission, liaising with collaborators. I then also induct them once they are successful to the terms and conditions of their grants. And what is nice for me is that this is as close to academia as I ever wish to be again. So I still have a foot in my field because actually I support social sciences quite a bit now. I have a fit, but then I'm not carrying the weight of research myself. So I'm quite enjoying that. I think I've become more aware as well of the skills that I developed throughout my PhD and I'm definitely using those on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so things like analysis and problem solving, my interpersonal and leadership skills in being able to network and collaborate with others, in terms of project management, being able to peer review an application, that's not always easy, provide feedback to a higher-up academic. And then this is a role that brings great professional development opportunities. So I'm able to line manage now, I'm able sometimes to support younger academics with self-leadership skills, so in terms of how to supervise uh, students sometimes as well, we have conversations. Uh, and then I also do INM qualifications, so I'm also able to uh, pursue professional uh, development opportunities and recognition. So, sorry, I have to change page, so this is not good for the recording. Here we go. So then I just wanted to reflect on what's happened along the way because I have moved roles quite a lot. I think what has been helpful for me is working with a mentor. So I've identified a mentor that had also transitioned outside academia, that is about 20 years older than me, and was very comfortable with, I'm a PhD holder, but I left academia, and here are the skills that I can offer. That's a really safe space to have confidential conversations with and it's a good opportunity as well to explore things and then you can reflect back on with your mentor so that helps i also enrolled on the aurora program so the aurora program is run by the leadership foundation and this is a women only focused program and it's really about focusing on our leadership skills and that was an opportunity for me at the time to really focus on myself and my sense of agency as opposed to what i wasn't 
I'm not an academic, but actually what else can I offer? And that was quite nice, the switch from negative to positive. It is at the time that I decided, no, I'm going to move up and I'm going to do everything I can to try to get a higher grade job. And I also met other women in other very different career stages and it was nice and comforting to hear about their experiences. I attended as many training courses as possible at the university and we have great, I mean, I think our people development team do put on a great range of training courses. So again, good way of developing your soft skills, but becoming more aware as well of yourself, your working style, and what you have to offer. And as I say, I also pursuing professional qualifications through the ILM program, which is a focus on leadership and management. So that has helped me along the way in gaining that confidence uh, over the last few years. And so if I had two key takeaways, for me, the PhD was a difficult journey and Everyone I completed my PhD with was also in the same boat and also struggled. I think leaving academia is not an easy choice and it can be challenging, particularly if people around you don't understand, why would you not want to stay in academia? Um, I think finding an aspiring career path can also be testing. And for me, it was definitely an iterative process. So I'll go a bit everywhere until I find what resonates. What I've learned is that it's worth taking risks. So I did jump in my current role at the moment that I'm in, it was only a six month opportunity to start with, but I decided that I wanted to explore and see if it worked for me. So I think that is uh, sometimes worth doing. For me, it was worth trying different paths to find myself. I think what worked for me as well was to identify role models. So, um, I've been really inspired by women that I've worked with and when I would see them at meetings I would be like this is what I want to be like in a few years time. That is an inspiring career path. Um, I think it was also what has helped me along the way is to become a bit more reflective of actually what did I achieve during my PhD, what skills did I develop, what am I quite good at. Um, and also trying to sell a bit more and better what I did alongside my studies. So not every PhD student who would have had a consulting experience. Not every PhD student would have lived in a war zone and so forth. So, you know, what else can I sell? To me, for to this day, my PhD still holds value. So not much in terms of actual academic advancement, but I think it is it adds to my credibility when working with academics and reviewing their proposals, for example. I think it does give me a bit more credibility. I think it's served me well. I think it's helped me in terms of scientific uh, thinking and all my leadership skills. And to this day, so three, four years after completing my PhD, finally, uh, the sense of failure or the fear of failure has completely disappeared. So there are no regrets. And it's quite a nice place to be in because I was only in that position two years ago. So it has been a nice journey. And that is it. So good afternoon everyone. Um, my name is Cameron Hurd and I actually currently manage animal cultures in our aquarium here at the University of Exeter. Um, so I work under technical services. Um, so I'm in a bit of a weird situation because um, I've been in this role full time now for a year but I'm still finishing off writing up my PhD. So that will be submitted in about three months time. Um, so that just shows that there is the opportunity to be able to go off and start doing jobs while you're continuing to write up your PhD. Um, so my PhD was in a marine biology subject here. I was looking at the impacts of pharmaceuticals released from wastewater on marine animals. Um, and 
during my PhD I was really enjoying it and things like that, but more and more I was questioning what do I want to do after my PhD. Um, right from the age of six I decided that I wanted to be a marine biologist. And what a six-year-old thinks a marine biologist is, is very different to reality. So you think, yeah, I'll be swimming with whales and dolphins when you're that age. But actually the reality is, is a very different sort of role. Um, so I knew I wanted to stick with that, but the purely academic route, I just wasn't sure that that was what was working for me. So um, I moved away from this sort of traditional PhD into academia type route. Um, for many reasons, some of them were things like job security, so things like postdocs were limited to sort of six months, a year, two years at most sort of thing. Um, I was looking at sort of more of a work-life balance and things like that. Throughout my PhD I often found that I was working all the time, even in all my spare time I was working and I wanted to sort of break away from that a little bit. Um, but also I wanted to have some flexibility in where I was working. So. My personal situation is that my partner is based in Exeter, so I can't necessarily move for a job because I've got to think of her role as well. Um, and as her being the chief income earner, her job has to, to some extent take priority over mine. So I needed more flexibility and things like the standard academic career is a bit more inflexible. You're often expected to move for the new position that you might be chasing. So, um, what my current role actually involves is day-to-day um, -day I'm managing an entire area of the aquarium. So I support a research group, I support eight members of that research group, I help out with all their experimental work, I look after the animals, so that ranges from sort of lower rung jobs like cleaning, feeding, transferring animals, up to higher rung jobs like um, creating new genetic crosses, um, to producing brand new protocols for um, the culture of these animals. So I work predominantly with marine worms, but I also work with things like jellyfish and other species like that. So this was quite a nice role because it allowed me to have that crossover between I'm still doing some research type activities, I'm still actually producing data that I can publish papers with, but it's just not got the same pressures as sort of a full-time academic career. So one thing that I took away from this was actually I felt like I was going in at a lower level, a lower rung to where I felt like I should be. I know I talked to a lot of people after, during their PhDs and they say, ah, oh, after I finish my PhD, I want to be earning this much money and I won't be going below that. And oh, I feel like my PhD should give me a much more professional job afterwards. But what I found with this was that actually sometimes you've got to start yourself a bit lower off um, a bit lower down so I didn't mind the fact that I was going into some of the more menial tasks like cleaning out animals and things like that because actually once you're in those positions you've got a foothold and then you've really got a chance to sort of advertise yourself show that you can do these but you can do so much more than that um, so that was quite an important thing to notice um, and actually there were many um, transferable skills from my PhD as well so as a PhD student, you're essentially um, your project manager. You're managing your own project. You're coming up with ideas. You're putting them into practice and things like that. So actually, there are many skills that you can take away from that and you can take into any profession, whether it's academic, whether it's non-academic. Um, what I actually found was quite difficult as I was nearing the end of my PhD in terms of looking for employment was um, a lot of people will look at you and they'll view you, especially if you've been through a career such as mine where 
I went straight from school, then straight into my degree, and then straight from my undergraduate degree, straight into a PhD. So I didn't have any breaks in between, any work in between. People were then viewing my applications for things as that I was overqualified but underexperienced. Mm. Um, and although I did various part-time jobs throughout my PhD, things like teaching, outreach work, all sorts of things like that, I found that actually for the types of jobs that I was applying for, whether they were technical jobs, whether they were working in things like ecology, conservation, anything like that, they were looking for more experience. Um, so actually, if someone was to tell me one piece of advice, what would I take, what would I give to someone else in a similar situation? I'd say, if you've got an idea in mind, try and get some experience in it before you're getting to that point that you're looking for jobs. Because although you may feel like actually you could do that job brilliantly, to appeal to an employer, you need to have both the experience and the qualifications, and not just one, not the other. So, um, what I found was that there were many transferable skills, so I was able to say, you're asking for this, but I can do this, and that's how it relates. So, things like project management skills, things like managing budgets, which you do with your own PhD budgets, um, things like using initiative, you might be coming up with I don't know, new experiments, things like that during your PhD, that's showing that you're using initiative, you communicate to people throughout your PhD, whether on a small scale, whether you're talking to professionals, whether you're talking to the layperson, they're all different transferable skills that you can pass on to your post-academic life. So, unusually, the way my job's panned out, um, although I am sort of balancing PhD, finishing off, and full-time employment, um, it's allowed me to keep my foot in both camps because I'm still involved in the research um, but I'm still also able to do other things slightly um, I guess less taxing on my mind type jobs things that just allow you to have a bit of a break after your PhD and actually in the year that I've been doing this sort of role I've now had a complete change in job role I'm now getting an assistant coming in to help me out um, Within the next few months, I'm lined up for a new job role, a 50% pay increase. So then I'll be earning what I might have hoped to earn straight after a PhD anyway. Um, so there, really, there are these progression routes and they're really, really helpful. Um, so I would just say it's been a really enjoyable process, actually, just moving slightly away from one side from academia, but equally giving myself the option to come back. And in a way, I'm sort of coming full circle, but just able to test the waters with what I think is best for me. Thank you. Thank you to Morgan and Cameron for sharing their experience with us. There's some really useful tips in there about taking some time to reflect both during and after you've completed your research degree to really think about what's important to you in terms of your work and your work-life balance, but also the kinds of skills you've developed and the kinds of roles you might want to go into was really interested to hear both Cameron and Morgan talking about going in at slightly lower level jobs than they perhaps would have wanted after a PhD, but progressing through those into more senior roles really very quickly due to the experiences and skills they gained throughout their research degree. You can find links to information about both Morgan and Cameron, their research, their current roles and the various different training and development opportunities they mentioned in the show notes. And that's it for this episode. Join us next time when we'll be talking to another researcher about their career beyond their research degree.